Welcome to Hey Thinks. We're your hosts, Ivy Miller and Lauren Hawkins. We're just two girls talking about life, love, and all the struggles in between. We'll act as your best friend, keep you company, motivate you, and reassure you that you're not in this alone. We're certainly not experts, but sometimes you just want a little unsolicited advice. Hey, thanks, Ivy. Hey, thanks, Lo. Okay, here we go. Back again. Hello, hello. Hi, Ivy. This week we're talking about entrepreneurship. Yeah. And jumping into what you want. Exactly. Taking the taking the plunge, as they say. <laughs> yes, which can yeah. be terrifying and scary. But also I feel like it's equally scary following things that you don't want to do. Yeah, because it's just it's going down the rabbit hole of not being invested in, in what you want to be doing every day and that just starts to take a toll and I've totally been there where I've been in situations uh, with work where I've been so unhappy and I haven't realized until I got out of that situation how draining it was not only like showing up to that and knowing that you're unhappy but also it kind of just starts to blend into the rest of your life stagnation correct and then four years passes you by yeah, and you can't get those four years back. <laughs> no. I've got I've got a bizarre, weird story to go along with this kind of. But Love it. um hit, well, hit me with it. <laughs> I was I was seventeen years old and I went to Bali for the first time and this is when Instagram really started booming, mm-hmm. popping off. Uh huh. And I was staying at this uh, retreat resort. And became pretty good friends with the owners. And they were like, you should have a retreat. And I was like, sounds like a ton of work. No, thank you. And they're like, no, we'll do absolutely everything. You just get the people here and we'll handle it all. And I was like, okay, I think I could, I think I could handle that much. So I, I posted on my Instagram. Mind you, I'm 17. Post on my Instagram. I'm like, who wants to do a yoga surf retreat in Bali? And... I got a crazy amount of responses back. People were like, heck yeah, I'm super down. That sounds great. Um, Right. I guess. And I was like, okay, then we're going to do it. And uh, a year of me boosting it out on my Instagram goes by. And um, that was kind of scary, but I was committing to it. You know, like I had, I was like, okay, 13 spots left. Mm. Eight spots left, and then I'd say eight people signed up Yeah, with non-refundable deposits, and then a month before the trip, everybody bailed. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay, I could either quit, cancel Everybody. It. Everyone. So oh, my gosh. I just had my ticket, and I had already paid the deposit at the retreat. Anyways, um... I was like, I'm going to double down because, you know, there's only one way through this and it's through it. (laughs) Just got to keep going. (laughs) And so I post like four weeks before I go, there's only one spot left. Hey, that's a marketing strategy. (laughs) I mean, smart of you at 17 to realize that double down. So I scarcity is totally a technique (laughs) for the better, for worse. Um, so I, I post that and 15 people sign up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sell out the retreat. 
Wow. And, and I'm 18 at this point and I'm all chuffed up and I'm like, yeah, I'm about to host my first, my first retreat in <laughs> Bali. It's sold out. No big deal. I love like having fun. You know, right. I made a itinerary, all this stuff and they show up and so you the, had it all good to go. Like you had everything planned. You had done the research. Like I knew Bali. Yeah. You knew Bali. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I know what we're going to do. But what I didn't realize is that people had signed up for this retreat to get answers and clarity. And I was 18. And I like my whole thing was like, just follow your dreams right. and have a great time <laughs> and live your life to the fullest. And people showed up and like had like gnarly stuff happened in their life. Like there was 40 year old moms who had just mm -hmm. caught their husband cheating. Yeah. There was um, a girl's whose father had just passed away. Like there was heavy stuff and I was definitely not equipped for that. Like I, w n no. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't understand. And yeah. I couldn't level. But the one thing I did have was an amazing yoga instructor mm -hmm. who he had done retreats before and he was also very handsome and like <laughs> helps had a thick accent. He was from Tulum and it was just like like the movies, you know, yeah. it was like, hey, ladies, you know, it was an all girls retreat. Like in couples retreat, that exactly. guy shows up who's the yoga instructor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so um, he kind of takes the reins a little bit, which I was super thankful for. And so the first five days are going really well. We do four hours of yoga in the morning. Then we have one activity, whether it was like shopping, going to a waterfall, going surfing. And then at the end, we'd have four hours of yoga to finish it off. And it's perfect. Five days goes by and I'm like, heck yeah, I got the hang of this. This is easy. This is going great. You know, the food's provided. Everything's like smooth sailing. And that fifth day in the morning, we're in Shavasana and everybody's in uh, a child's pose. And, and <laughs> the... I look up and I see these men dressed in uniform talking to my yoga instructor and they put his hands behind his back no. and walk him out. And yoga I'm like, instructor? yeah. And I'm like, um, oh. what just happened? And so we finish Shavasana, which great timing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they waited really till the end. Yeah. <laughs> and I go and ask the owner of the resort. I'm like, what just happened? Where did Raphael go? Raphael. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, where did he go? And they're like, oh, you know, like the sun, moon, and the stars just sprinkled fairy dust, and we're just living in the moment. And what is life? And I was like, that's not an answer. You're like, handcuffs don't really <laughs> scream fairy dust, but maybe for you. <laughs> so I talked to um, the receptionist, and he speaks Bahasa. He was the only one that spoke Bahasa. And he very calmly just goes, yeah, they arrested him because they thought it was his retreat. <gasps> and I was like, oh, okay. So what you're saying is it's my retreat. And he's like, yeah. And they'll probably figure that out pretty quick. And I'm like, so what you're saying is, is I need to get the heck out of here. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. So I am looking at villas. I'm looking at houses. I'm looking at hotels. I'm looking at everything to just try to leave. 
Yeah. I'm gonna anywhere. Pick, I'm gonna pick up and move all 15 of these people out of oh here. Oh my. Oh, you're you're taking everybody with you oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just bailing on it. What if one of my like, girls bye. had gotten arrested? <laughs> well, <laughs> felt like they were looking for you, but <laughs> exactly. So. I finally found a hotel that had 15 rooms available. I book it. I get three taxis and I tell the girls, I'm like, hey, surprise. We're leaving at five in the morning. Surprise. Get ready. Get all your stuff ready. And we're leaving. Don't ask any questions. They are all like, woo, fun, exciting. They're like, this is a great little Mm -hmm. end to this. (laughs) So this is halfway in. And we get in the taxis and we go from Ubud to Chengdu, which I think it's like an hour and a half drive. Yeah. It's been a second since I've been there, but I'm pretty sure it's somewhere around there. And the retreat changes from this super intense self-healing, eight hours of yoga a day, just sober fun, yeah. to these girls blowing it out. Like <laughs> This going. is like rest and digest to fight and flight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so we all have our own rooms. They go out to this communal pool. Like it was the most ideal situation. Also me rolling up at 18 to the reception with 15 passports and my debit card being like, put it on the card. Here are the passports. <laughs> like also me on my high horse again. Like <laughs> I got this. You're like, look what I just wiggled my <laughs> way out. Of. <laughs> yeah. And so the girls start getting tattoos like oh. they're going off with guys on scooters and they're going to the skate parks. They're going surfing like they're really living it up, s- yeah, really <laughs> switching it up. And even the moms are like really having a great time getting cocktails. And the last one of the last nights I get a table at Singlefin overlooking the ocean and I buy us a bunch of bottles and everybody's <laughs> cutting the rug having a blast yeah (laughs) living large and um we wake up the next day and i was like i was giving the girls per diems because i'm like you know what here's some money go eat like go do something yeah and like blow it out let's make this fun (laughs) yeah and so this last day i was like okay we're just gonna meet at uh deus for tacos and tattoos at the end of the night to like close it out and we're all hung over from that that one night and i walk out in my sarong to the reception area and I see the two guys that had arrested. The same ones? Yeah. Oh my God. That had arrested Raphael. No. And I look at them. They look at me. <gasps> and we're, it was just like this like, uh. Moment frozen. I go back into my room, lock the door, go through the pool, skirtle behind a bush. Ivy. Oh my God. Hop on my scoot and rip out of there. And then I just group chat the girls and I'm like, meet me at tacos and whatever's. And we kind of just like recapped and we're like, yeah, that was so fun. You know, and the girls, I think a lot of them thought I was doing it on purpose because I didn't want to scare anybody and be like, yeah, the yoga teacher got arrested. So we just skipped town. Did did they know what was going on or were you just like playing it off so well? You were playing it off. I was doing the old one two act like everything's fine. I mean, in that. Everything's fine, but it's also blowing up inside. (laughs) So, um, yeah, the girls were like, I just loved how there was, you know, a mix. We got to do both. And I was like, me too, man. And um, Raphael got out of jail that day. And Raphael still can't get over that name. Oh, my gosh. He just meditated for four days in jail. (laughs) He would. (laughs) 
and I felt so bad, but we, we got it all squared away and, and he was just like, all right, that's just how it goes. And I'm pretty sure they found it from my Instagram, but don't, don't do business in Bali if you don't got the right permits. (laughs) I'll tell you right now. Early lesson learned. Yeah. (laughs) So, but, but that was for me a really good life lesson of, I didn't have much in the bank. I just sent it. Yeah. And even though it kind of crashed and burned, it was successful. Right. Like we had a great time. No one got hurt. It could have been a lot worse. Right. But like going for it, you got to you got to go yeah. for it. I mean, that's so yeah, exactly. Like it's so scary. You don't have the ex- experience. You're kind of offered this opportunity. It feels like one of those things that you can either take it and run with it and see what happens, which you did. And yet had some hurdles, obviously. <laughs> Poor Raphael almost never saw the light of day again. You also almost ended up in Bali for a very long time, maybe forever. But <laughs> you didn't. And needless to say, you learned some lessons. And guess what? All those people who went on the retreat with you, I'm sure took away something incredible from it, you know, and, and learn something about themselves that maybe you don't even know or realize. And that's, you know, that's great. And of course now, like looking back on it, what, 10 years, you can say, wow, wow. (laughs) Okay. But it's probably also led you to make different decisions down the road. Like when you do do business and when you do, you know, kind of come to these like fronts of wanting to do something new, you're more inclined to probably jump off that cliff and say, Hey, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. It might end up horribly, but sometimes those are the best lessons that we need. Yeah. And honestly it ending up horribly is way better than just being like, man, oh man, I wish I did that. Right. And looking back and being like, oh, fuck, I, sh- I should have at least given it that shot. And I think that's one of the things that, I've at least tried to reframe how I go about, you know, new ventures. They're really scary because you, you have that kind of, you know, thought process of like, okay, well, I'm looking a year down the road or five years down the road or, um, you know, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. And I think that, you know, thinking about the failure can prevent you from doing things a lot. Oh yeah. The fear. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary to mm-hmm. do something new, something that you don't know how to do. Totally. I definitely, I don't know, I've felt that way a lot recently. I'm really trying to, you know, explore doing things that are creative or, you know, businesses that I've wanted to start. And that starting point is so scary. I can get easily kind of out of control spiraling mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, well, I don't know how to do that or I don't. I can't do that. I don't have experience in that. And a lot of times, like most people who are doing things don't have a ton of experience in them. They're just going for it. Right. Like you kind of just have to make that jump and trust that you're going to figure out what the landing gear is in the process. Absolutely. My my dad just had his birthday, uh, 60 something. And he's like, I was like, dad, what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 27 year old self? And he was like, Take bigger chances sooner. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, dang. Okay. Well then, I mean, I feel like the the most you can F up is just playing it safe or yeah. or 
working out of fear. Right. And that's scarier than anything. It is. How would you say you were navigating like your career transitioning right now? Yeah, I am. And I, I'm lucky enough where I've, I've been able, like as a nurse, I can work a few days a week and then those other four days, you know, I, I, I'm able to have a salary and, you know, have healthcare. And so I, for me kind of figured out this thing that works for me, which is I have my, you know, security blanket, if you will, of having that work and knowing I can like pay my rent and, um, you know, pay my bills. But then having this time where four days a week, I'm able to work on all these other projects I have, which is great. Like I'm writing a book right now. Um, you know, I'm, we have the podcast, which is also, you know, another project. And, and so you kind of, I've had to sort of schedule my time and I can get really caught up in the fact that if I'm not at the hospital working, I should be doing, you know, working on my other projects 24 seven of those four days a week. And that's been a hard transition too, because you can put the pressure on yourself of like, I have the time, why am I not working? But I think there's also something to be said for carving out time to not be working. Oh yeah. And I'm not good at that. The burnout. burnout is so real. Oh my you gotta, God. You got to give yourself time to be human or else you're going to short circuit. Yeah. And whether that's like taking an hour to cook yourself a meal, which I like to do, I'll go to the gym for an hour. I'll let myself, you know, go to dinner with my friends. And that's like a huge real low. <laughs> I'll do normal things <laughs> for an hour and then I'll get back to work. <laughs> I literally put myself back on the couch and say work yeah well you know this is interesting because a lot of self-help books and things are like quit it all follow your dreams never look back don't do one thing that you hate you get to live this life and that's also a big plague in our generation is like you if it doesn't come immediately or if it doesn't flow to you then it's not right for you but I think we talked about grit and getting down and doing yeah. things because not everything is going to be fun right off the bat. Most things won't yeah. be. Most things, it takes a second to like really plant those seeds. Yeah. And that's the hard work. And I think if you have two jobs going, <laughs> one that's profitable yeah. and then one that feeds your passion, right? you're in a good spot. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've come to is I'm like, okay, how how much up to that edge am I okay to live mm. like I've I've kind of taken myself to that point of okay I know these are kind of my I know these are my needs right okay what are my needs how do I support those needs but then also you kind of that you know you always have to give something up right mm. you always have to when you're doing something how much do you want to actually sacrifice how much, how badly do you want this? Like, what are you willing to give up? Because that's the thing I've had to ask myself too. Like, am I invested in this enough to want to give up other things or am I too, like, you know, two feet on each side of the line kind of, or one foot on each side of the line. Two feet on each <laughs> two side. Feet of, that's crazy. That's crazy. Wait, but what do you mean give up? Like, are you talking about financial stability? Are you talking about giving up your passions? What side are you giving up? Good question. I mean, I think for me, it's like, I could work six days a week and be in a different financial situation, but I'm choosing to right now, at least 
just cover what are my what are my basic needs like financially okay paying rent paying my bills maybe I'm not putting a lot into my savings right now and Mm -hmm. I've sort of I've made that decision to do that because I'm wanting to invest my time in things that maybe aren't um you know paying me money right now but are passion projects right and I feel like I'm in that scenario as well and I've always seen that as like just a really great investment obviously into yourself I have a savings and I put my money into my savings and then my other money goes right back into me Mm -hmm. my self-care and like bettering my creative endeavors yeah and like how can I make those flourish more right and that's so satisfying because it always like when you put your time and money back into yourself, you really see the benefits of it. Yeah. And then also like if you don't do that, it's it it's you're writing a line of like I get I can get victimy like mm, I'm putting so much time and money <laughs> yeah. into this. How come nobody else is seeing this? Yeah. And then, you know, you just get on loops in your head. But like. I don't know. You you got to do this dance of like some days it's really good, some days it's not really good, and some days it is, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's really great. Yeah. There was a um what what book was I reading recent? Oh oh Daisy Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh that's good. I haven't read that yet. It's cute. It's cute. There's in the beginning he goes, "You're an underdog until suddenly you're not." That's how it seems. And I always, I said this to you. I was like, I had this preconceived notion from, I don't know what, that everybody who I see, whether they're, they've started a business, whether they're um, an actor or an actress, whether they're a singer, a songwriter, producer, whatever they're doing, I had this preconceived notion that it seemed to come so easily mm-hmm. like it I'm like I said this to I've said this to a lot of people I've had this conversation with that gosh it just seems so easy for so many people right and that's not the case the case it's not the right <laughs> approach to it too because that's a victim me kind of conversation well oh it seems so easy for everybody else and I'm having to work mm-hmm. so they hard they were born with it they were born with it they yeah. were just they got lucky and yeah. it's like Oof. when you really break those stories down and I listen to how I built this it's one of my favorite podcasts out there and it's about people's stories of how they have built their businesses yep. and some of them their business is their brand but going about that none of these stories are linear or easy or right they they come from working really hard from failing at things mm-hmm. and so I think and I also used to think things happen overnight no they don't it's like <laughs> this like grind and you're just grinding and you're like I gotta keep putting myself into this and I I think in the past have been not great with oh, I tried it. I'm going to give up. It didn't work out. And I think for the first time in my life, I'm letting things simmer and have time. Yeah. And knowing that if you believe in what you're doing, if you actually believe in what you're doing, 
that the hard work and the dedication is, is going to pay off in some capacity, even if it only leads you into your next thing that you're going to do. Right. And with that being said, you, you said you try these things and if you fail, like say you start a company and it fails and burns and crashes and whatever, that's still going to add to what you end up doing in the long run because whether you learned how to work a certain machine or you just talk to people or you got one skill set from that experience, that's going to be part of your story. Completely. And that's just a learned, a learned skill, a learned trait, a learned, um, you know, failure is just as important as a learned success, I think. Mm-hmm. Like that saying, you <laughs> failing upwards. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's just real. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. just got to take one step in the right direction and you That's keep it. on going. Even like two <laughs> steps forward, one step back. Some days I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like I'm not even doing anything, but... Even like that's why it's really helped for me to put dedicated time in my days where I'm, you know, working on these other businesses and it's not just me showing up to the hospital and, and doing my my job and um, putting some sort of structure to it has really mm-hmm. helped me because I can get scattered so easily. Yeah. And then there's and then I'll just float around in a circle for the next two months. But um, is there anybody, you know an entrepreneur, um, you know, someone who's like started a business, anybody that you really look up to, whether you know them or not. Yeah, I have a few. I mean, Donald Glover was always a big one for me when I was younger because he had his fingers in different aspects and categories of the entertainment industry. And I've also heard like a few comedians or different people be like, stay in your lane. But like, no, I'm not. (laughs) I think it's cool. Like if you feel called to do something, go and do it. And then another person would be my dad. He's Mm -hmm. like a super, he is a self-taught businessman. Yeah. And he's taken some crazy chances. And when he started his business, he got 10 credit cards or maybe even 15. It was something like a disgusting amount of credit (laughs) cards. Maxed them all out at the exact same time. To start his company to like get so smart the money. I mean, no, it's what you, I mean, not, not smart. <laughs> big not. risk, but it paid off, you know, like I'm not saying open not smart, a bunch of credit cards <laughs> and like frazzle yourself, but you know, there's always a way figure well, out the way. I Be guess creative. that's my point. Like yeah. there's always, if you want to do something, there's always a way and you can always figure out how to do something. Even if it's so crazy where you're like, this might not work, but if you're willing enough, you know, you're willing enough to put that much risk into something, it means that you, I think, believe in it enough, right? Yeah. I think there's something to be said of that. Like, I talk about how close to that edge do you want to ride. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not willing to give up that much, maybe you're not in, that invested in it. Yeah, maybe maybe find something that you're, like, disgustingly obsessed with. Right. <laughs> or something that just feels good. I think there's something to be said for having that moment where you're, you, you know, I'm an ideas person. I'm constantly writing ideas mm-hmm. down and there's certain ones where you're like, that's, that's dumb. That's <laughs> yeah, but whatever it's, it's Dude. a, it's a thought, yeah. but then there's ones where I've had where you're just, you get this feeling yeah. you're like this, this is it. And whether it works or not is another thing. But if you have that feeling, 
you're going to spend enough time and invest your time and money and whatever other resources you need to make that happen. And resources could be friends. Mm -hmm. Resources could be, you know, talking to someone like, Hey, how do you make a podcast? Yeah. Great. And, and use your, use your community as your resources too. Yeah. And find someone that's done it before and look and research them and like read about them and look at how they did it. You need like a blueprint to look up to. And if you can't find an exact copy of what you want to do, which you probably won't, you find little fragments of that. So you can have something to like reach for a little bit. So you're climbing a tree with, with a destination instead of just going for it. Yeah. You know, it's important to have people you look up to for sure. Absolutely. Do you, do you have uh, a, someone that you look up to businessly? Oh. <laughs> businessly. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's a woman, Whitney Wolf, probably a lot of people know her, but I heard her story on how I built this. And she was one of the early founders at Tinder Mm -hmm. and ended up having some sort of uh, like romantic relationship with the other founder. I think there was three of them. Maybe Um, I might be wrong about that. But when they started developing Tinder and it kind of got into the more like real phases of this platform, uh, they pushed her out, actually. Uh, and I believe there was there was a lawsuit and a fairly long lawsuit that ended up kind of ensuing. And she she doesn't talk about it. She doesn't. I think legally she can't. But she was then left with nothing and, you know, it was heartbroken. So double whammy there, losing yeah. your business and something you've invested years and money and time into and then also losing your romantic partner. Yeah, that's and funny. she came up with the concept of of Bumble and she is the founder of Bumble Sick. and I just I think her story is so great because you know she came from a point of complete loss and complete like failure if you will mm-hmm. and took what she could from that and what she felt you know needed to change from what she'd learned at Tinder and created something and has been wildly successful and so I I really admire her for kind of you know, really flipping her perspective on her experience and then not letting it, you know, inhibit her future success and kind of building what she built. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that goes back to what we were saying about just trying something and like, yeah, you could consider that a failure, but like that's going to add to what she does at Bumble. Totally. And I think there's, you know, so many people now have so many, you know, little businesses and, and social media has allowed us to really hit like markets of people that we wouldn't have necessarily prior. Mm -hmm. And I'm always so impressed. I used to, I used to think it was so, oh my gosh, so easy for those like Instagrammers and people on TikTok. And honestly, even all of that is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Like you're putting time aside every day to make content. (laughs) Like that's a lot. It's a lot. And so I actually have a, a newfound respect for all of that as well. So whatever you're doing, do it well mm-hmm. and be methodical about it and, you know, have some sort of strategy. Like if you're, if you're willing to give up time and, and, you know, whatever you have to give up to make something happen, if you're willing to give that up, it means you're invested in it enough, I think. Yeah. And typically people 
are going to say things about whatever you do and whatever you start. There's always yeah. going to be some haters. Always. Always, always. naysayers. Yeah. Always. When I started doing not. Instagram, <laughs> um, I had so many people being like, mm, okay, Instagram girl. Ooh, you know. <laughs> I'm sure they still do. Oh, totally. Yeah. When I go back home, it's like so loud but like really yeah I mean from like people that don't know me that well that are like must be nice or whatever yeah but a lot of it happened when it started out and they're like it's fake money it's fake this everything's fake and then cut to your bank account yeah (laughs) (laughs) cut to you see people that were like talking smack being like hey follow my new travel blog and I'm like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm okay I see how this goes. And you know, that's going to be with anything. You write a book, people are going to be like, who's going to want to read that? Then everybody buys it. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh. See? Yeah. yeah. It's just like, just stay in your zone. Don't let fear dictate where you're going. I actually had someone say this to me recently. And I, it ate away at me actually for way, way longer than I would like to admit. But it was in my like initial transition from, um, working sort of like in private nursing and then going back to hospital nursing and then also like actually starting work on, on my new businesses. Um, and someone was like, Oh, Lauren. And someone I really look up to and they were like, Oh, Lauren, you're always just doing so many things and you're always on to the next thing. And I took it really negatively at first. I was like, Cause I think it's an insecurity of mine. Yeah. So initially I'm like, yeah, I am always doing a lot of things, but then it took me, I, it, it was a month of me. Oh, like playing this over and over and over. And Shadow. I let it bother me. Yeah. Shadow. Well yeah. that, you know, when, when somebody says something and it bugs you, that's, that's yeah. a you problem. Yeah. It was a me problem. And so I had to come to terms with the fact that I am that person that likes to do a lot of different things. And guess what? It makes me happy. Yeah. See, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So then I was like, why, why am, why am I doing this? Oh, right. It makes me happy. So it's fine. That person, obviously that doesn't make them happy. And they're a totally different human. Wait, what? Oh, doing a lot of different things. Oh. They want to do like one, that person or, wants to do one You know, thing maybe they just time. said it. Yeah. And they probably <laughs> didn't even think about Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing is people say things and we hold on to them and run around with them and carry them right here. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God. Like a little gremlin on it's your shoulder. Like, Chill. Relax. <laughs> yeah. They don't care about, you know, everybody's wrapped up in themselves. I know. And it's, it's, it's so hard to remember that, that everybody's got oh their own issues. little demons sitting yeah. on their shoulders. Like, yeah, you know, and I think you always think about things more than anybody else does Mm -hmm. but I digress but anyway so I had to really reframe that and be like you know what I'm doing my own thing and if I believe in this enough that's all that matters you heard it here (laughs) first first (laughs) um are you currently in the process of you know starting any new businesses any new ventures what's your process been like with that just getting grounded grounded yeah. that's my season grounding and really seeing what comes to me because definitely the past few years have been push 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 yeah. gain 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 get ripped go go <laughs> but like, like bench pressing yeah, bench pressing my career <laughs> your career you're like 225 <laughs> and now i'm like hanging up the the weights and being like okay let's see 
where I'm going to next because yeah. burnout's real. Don't want to do that. Fear is also real. And I'm just trying to be at peace with where I'm going, where I'm at. And it's been a good little spot to be in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm trying to get clear on what I'm doing. Like I get 10 steps ahead before <laughs> I'm at that step. And so I'm trying to really define what the vision is and what the mission is, which is actually what you're supposed to do at the beginning of any business or any venture. Like, what is your mission? Why are you doing this? Because down the road, and I've been given this advice, they're like, when you're 10 years down the road and you're in the grind of it and you're running whatever business, whatever company, whatever venture you're on, you're going to ask yourself that question. Why did I start doing this in the beginning? And so really if from that starting point, if you can get really clear on that, mm-hmm. you'll always be able to go back and be like, ah. whether it's like, you know, my therapist said that to me the other day. She's like, I had a really rough week. And she was like, I had to actually go back like 10 years to when I wrote that down and be like, why did I start doing this? And she's like, and then I, I read that and I remembered and, and she's like, that's my mission statement. And even though that week was really hard and I wanted to quit and throw everything away when I was able to go back and see why I started in the beginning, then you can remember and you can keep on going. I liked that piece of advice. I thought that was really good. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. (laughs) See you guys. Thanks. Thanks.